is the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. I'm your host, Jess Root, from CardsWire.com, the USA Today NFL Wire site, with my co-host Seth Cox from RevengeOfTheBirds.com, SB Nation's Arizona Cardinals site, and also the one of the hosts of the original Draft Breakdown podcast. Both of us have been covering the Cardinals for a really long time, and grew up here being his fans as well. I, those of you, maybe you're new to, to listen to the show, that's kind of the, the basis of this. We both are fans, we both have you know, media access to some extent. And so we, we bring um, coverage and, and a perspective that, that perhaps is a little different than a lot of the stuff that's out there. But this is episode 425. We're closing in on our on our 10-year mark, which will be in, in July. Um, but this is our schedule prediction show. I mean, we, we had the schedule come out. Um, and we're going to really kind of undertake something that's kind of difficult, right, Seth? You know, you know, predict wins and losses when the sort of the number one variable is completely unknown as to when Kyler's coming back. Yeah, it should make it a fun thing that then has really no bearing on reality uh, after that, right? <laughs> right. So let's take a look before we go game by game into just kind of what we expect to happen. Um, let's talk about which ones are the most winnable, like the ones on the schedule that look like, okay, yeah, these are reasonable possible wins. Then we'll look at the ones that are, you know, basically there's no chance of those games. How many of those are on the schedule? Then we'll go week by week and kind of do that. So let's start with, um, looking at the schedule, which ones are their, their most winnable games? I counted, um, a total of five games that I think are reasonable options for the Cardinals to win, although two of those are against one divisional opponent. Yeah, and that always, you know, makes it a little more difficult when you're talking about, you know, the a divisional opponent. But, you know, for the most part, this is a this is a game, you know, a, a uh, season where you look at it and. The winnable games kind of all fall in, um, fall in, like you said, the, uh, you don't want to say bad team category. But expected uh, to be not good. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you go by it and, and um, you know, I think the winnable games, I think their first game is actually winnable. They're very, you know, they're a very good defense, something we discussed, but, uh, you know, they're, they're beatable um and then i also think that as you were kind of alluding to their games against the los angeles rams are are both very winnable um and then they've got a couple on the back end obviously we know about the houston texans um you know being in a similar spot to them uh i think the atlanta falcons are a very intriguing team to kind of follow along with i'm not but, sure but unless I, I still think that that's a i consider that a winnable game because the quarterback situation is yeah is and, and that's tenuous and that's, at best right and that's kind of where i am too it's like i don't know really how good they're going to be because you know i i just don't know how much i buy 
Desmond Ritter being the guy. Um, you know, so those are, you know, like you said, those are winnable. And then and then you've got the Bears on the schedule, which feels winnable-ish, I guess. If yeah, you- yeah. I, I, you have to think that it's winnable. Like, that, that's – I have – I didn't include Washington at the beginning, e- even though their quarterback situation makes it a winnable game. Um even if I qualified that as a, as a winnable game, I don't know if I would predict that as a win in the first game of the year when it's on the when it's their home opener and things like that. But I had both Rams games considered winnable. Uh, Atlanta, Houston, and the Bears are the ones that are winnable, in my opinion. The ones that are the okay. I look at those teams and and especially especially when you look at the back half of the season when you know. Um, Atlanta, Houston, the second Rams game, and the Bears, all of those will probably be with Kyler Murray playing. And if Kyler Murray is playing and healthy, then those are definitely winnable games. Yeah, you feel much more uh, confident about those games. So I think we're, you know, we're judging it off of, like you said, a right now, a winnable game without Kyler Murray, and then a winnable game with Kyler Murray. And that's kind of how I looked at it. And, and when you break down the schedule, I went, I went, I broke it down kind of like this. I said weeks one through four, probably no Kyler Murray. Um, You know, we don't know anything. We're not sure. But I think giving him until until, uh, October 8th would be right around 10 full months from the injury, uh, nine full months from the surgery, I think that's a reasonable thing. Um, and then from there, I went weeks five through seven, maybe Murray's back. And and you look at those games, you know, Cincy, the Rams, and, and Seattle, and you're like, you know, Murray back or not, there's a winnable game in there, right? And right. then obviously games are more winnable with Murray, but if those are his – first games back you know since he might be a really tough one at seattle might be a really tough one so so you look at it from that scope and then i looked at it you know weeks eight through 18 so end of october and maybe i even overshot it saying week eight maybe maybe i should have gone week nine but i doubt that they'd have him open up on the road you know against against a road team like cleveland in november Uh, you know so maybe Maybe that's why I said week eight. That was, you know, kind of, I, I did have a little thought process behind it, Yeah, you know, um, and you go, okay, so you have, you have week eight against Baltimore again, first game back less winnable. If it's game three or four back more winnable, right? Like, yes. <laughs> you know, and so you, that's how you kind of break it down. Um, and, and then, like you said, you know, all of a sudden Cleveland, seems a bit more winnable the second rams game you know seems more winnable heck even at pittsburgh seems winnable if you're talking about murray game five or six back in action um as opposed to like you said like if it's if it's like you know game three back you're like i don't know at at pittsburgh Late in the season, they're probably sitting at, you know, two and 
and 10 at this point. Right. And, and you go, well, I don't know if they'll, I don't know if they'll have, have the juice in them, so to speak. And so, you know, that's the way I kind of broke it down is like, I, I, you know, we're not trying to break any news. We're not saying anything. I'm not expecting Murray to be back the first four games or, or the month of September. If he's back in October, that's a good thing. Cause like I said, and like you said, that just makes the end of the schedule more palatable. Exactly. More, you, you feel like you have more winnable games. The longer that pushes back, the more you look at a game. And obviously this is before we even see anything, but you know, the more you look at a game like, like Baltimore and you're like, well, that's probably a loss. Like you're, you're probably looking at that as a loss anyways, or, or, a, you know, a less winnable game, but you're like, ah, if that's his first game back, probably not so winnable. You know, if week nine's his first game back, you're like on the road in Cleveland, maybe not so winnable. Um, you know, and even like Atlanta and Houston, you go, you, you kind of start to turn what you would think right you're like maybe those aren't as winnable as we thought so that's what will be interesting and as and i'm interested to see how you kind of exercise this out too as we do our at the end of this thing you know do our game by game predictions yeah coming up next on the rise of c red podcast but start cardinals talk on the web let's let's talk about the ones that we think they have no chance in that's coming up next on rise of c red you're back on the rise of c red podcast the best our cardinals talk on the web you know the other half of this get the other half to look at is which games do we feel absolutely no, no chance of winning no chance of winning and honestly i'm looking at one two honestly i i really only have four games that i consider absolute no way they're not going to win and and part of that my thought process and, and, is is depending on like and I'll say that three of the first five games I have listed it that way because I don't think Kyler's going to play. So I think, number one, Dallas, even though there's a little bit of, of uncertainty, Dallas was, was quite good last year. Um, but I think that Dallas in week three, even at home, that's that's no a no-chance game because I don't think there's much of a chance Kyler Murray's playing, and I don't trust Colt McCoy or David Blau or even Clayton Toon. And I think that's a no-way uh, I think at San Francisco's no way, and I even think the Bengals game at home is also a no way game. And then my la- the only other no way game I have is the Philly game in De- in December. Although, yeah, that, if they have stuff wrapped up, who knows? And but at, at the same time, that is one of those that's one of those opponents where you're like, well, you know, we've seen it so many times. The the former coordinator facing their old team they seem to have a little something to it because the cardinals won their first game um the beat so after after wisenhunt took over they upset the steelers the first time they met them uh that didn't happen with arians because the time they paced that that was a disappointing steelers game because that's when yeah you know third string quarterback third string mike vick yeah but yeah, I mean, and you look at it, and it's just one of those situations, like you said, you gotta, you gotta figure out what your opinion is of of in this process and understanding that this is a process. Um, yeah, so I mean, from that perspective, you know, when you look at the unwinnable games, like you said early on, I think, I think at San Francisco uh, again, and and 
you know, the NFL's in any given Sunday league, but we're just kind of trying to be fair and realistic too, right? Like, right. Dallas is expected to be be like they could, could compete in the NFC East easily again. San Francisco's considered basically the favorite in the NFC right now. Um, other than the Eagles and the Bengals are one of the top teams in the AFC still. So, right. And so you look at it. So, yeah. So you've got, you know, San Francisco, like you said, Cincinnati. I'm going to throw Baltimore in there until we find out a time for, um, it's not that I think it's unwinnable. I just think that's a really tough team to beat if you don't have an offense that can keep Lamar Jackson. Yes, uh, that that that's completely. But my thought process is, I believe Kyler will be back by then, and before I, and, and before then even is is my I, thought. Process. I would I would agree with you. By the way, I you know I wouldn't disagree with that in at all i'm just you know hedging a little bit on that so those are and like you said that that end of the season philly game feels like it's going to be a tough one um but there are a couple x factors that we would have to you know obviously break into like you said the the uh x coordinator thing the fact that maybe philly has the nfc east wrapped up or maybe they're out of the nfc east and so and so they're you know they're locked into a wild card spot. I mean, there's a lot of scenarios that that could potentially play out that could have a small factor on this whole thing. Little side note: this is a, this is an aside as as we're recording on a Thursday night. Um, you know, the the I I am not a gambler myself, but I do writing about gambling. And Seth is a little bit of a degenerate himself, but. The Nuggets just beat the Lakers by five when they were five and a half point favorites. They won by six in game one. They were five and a half point favorites. What the heck? What the heck? Vegas knows what it's doing, man. They're not in the business <laughs> of losing money. Oh, I, thought, man. I, I was telling Jess the other day, like you said, I got a little degenerate in me. And and I, I had a good night tonight, but I, I was telling Jess the other day, I missed, uh, missed $6,000 on uh, one Dennis Schroeder. I needed one more Dennis Schroeder assist to win $6,000. And, and, and he decided that he was just going to stand around the, the arc and not literally not do anything. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? But yeah, I mean, you know, and that's, and that's, you know, it's one of those things too, that it does make games like this, that where you literally just have no, you have, you have no skin in the game. Like, I mean, honestly, why would you and I care about Nuggets Lakers? Like, we're not we're not big basketball fans in any, any way, shape, or form. Until you're like, you know what? If, I'm gonna put twenty bucks on it. If I, if, you know, if this works out, maybe I win. You know, a couple hundred bucks, and and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, what's going on in the game? <laughs> yeah, that's how they hook you, man. It you is. Little, it is. But. Coming up next on the Rise of Red podcast, the best star of Cardinals talk on the web. Let's let's hit to the final part and the big part of the schedule uh, of the segment, which is you know going game by game, um, going down the schedule. We're going to predict wins and losses. See and see if if we predict if the Cardinals are going to be better than expected. That's coming up next on Rise of Red. We're back on the Rise of Red podcast, the best star of Cardinals talk on the web. Time 
to start predicting. The 2021, uh, 2023-2021, I feel like it's just the years keep going by. 2023 season, going down the schedule, um, Vegas has the this major sports book either have the Cardinals projected win total at 4.5 or 5.5. Just depends on which one you're at. There's a lot of people who think they won't even get that. I am slightly more optimistic with the assumption that we're going to get Kyler. And, and, and I will tell you right now, my prediction for Kyler's return is week six. And that's kind of how I go from there, is that they're, they're going, he's going to be back in week six. And that's my prediction there. Yeah, and if that happens, then I look smart as well. So we can <laughs> we can definitely go with that. So yeah, I mean, you open up. You know, we all know they open up September tenth. Yep, September tenth in Washington, oh. FedEx Field against the Commanders. Let me ask you a question, and, and I know this is like super inside baseball, but would you feel confident? having Kyler out there game one knowing how bad FedEx field is um you know that that might be one of those things that Jonathan Gannon considers because it, it ultimately Kyler's going to push to be back early he, he's going to put himself in a position to get back as soon as possible and I think the coaches are going to have to hold him back yeah, and and it's already happening. I mean, we've you know, if you haven't been paying attention, um, they've basically um, they basically are slow rolling him in every single way they can. <laughs> you know, like what again? Say the other day. I know you wrote about it. Basically, yeah, he's like, a long way off. And I think what that was is because people are starting to get a little excited because they're seeing what he's doing in the weight room. There's, you know, Kyler, like the minds, like it was felt like momentum was moving towards, could he be ready for the start of the season? Again, it's like, he's a long way off. I mean, we don't play for a long time, but all right, just <laughs> dial it down a little bit. Right, exactly. And so I feel like that's where they're at right now. So, yeah, so you look at it, I think they're, I think they are slow playing him. I think that they're trying not to get anybody overly excited or like ahead of themselves in this situation. And so we'll see how that kind of works out. Um, You know, and so, and so Washington week one, I think we both feel like with Murray, they have a better shot without Murray. They have a fantastic defensive front for um, they. That'll be are, a huge test for that Cardinals offensive line in week one. That, it will be. And, and you know, knowing how Jonathan Gannon wants to, to play this and, and what he wants to do, um, they're going to want to run the ball. I and mean, that's just going to be a tough task, is it not? Yeah, it, it likely will. So, I I mean, there's a number of reasons. Um, I mean, the Cardinals, it, it's their first game with a new coaching staff, which means new offensive scheme, new defensive scheme. The 
not going to have Kyler Murray. They're on the road. Um, if you look, if you look at now, now it, the work that I've done over the last couple three years with over um, at Sportsbook Wire, uh, some of the gambling writing that I do is, is one one of the kind of pillars that I look at, especially on early games, is that I I give every reason to lean on the home team to cover in their opener because there's extra juice from the fans and the whatnot. And the, Card- and the Cardinals, they are literally underdogs in every single game. And I think I think of their 17 games, I think 13 or 14 of them are four, they're four points or more an underdog. And so I, I just write that week one game off as a loss because of all the factors and plus that it's the home opener for Washington. Yeah. And I'm with you on that. And so I think we're going to see, uh, I think we're going to see a, a week one win for the, uh, for the commanders and the Cardinals start out on one without Kyler Murray. Um, although I will say in week two, I, I have a sneaky, I have a sneaky there. I think they're going to upset that that's going to be their sneaky win. Cause there's a lot of reasons. Okay. So, it's their home opener. Okay. New coaching staff. There's going to be some extra juice in the stadium. Uh, assuming Colt McCoy doesn't get hurt in week one, um, he will be facing his former team, the Giants. And, and uh, we've seen, we've seen, you know, form like Cardinals backups in the past beat their former teams in previous years. We saw Drew Stanton do it. We saw Colt McCoy do it and things like that. And so I think I think this is the this is the surprise game where the Cardinals pick up a W because partially I don't like the Giants were a fluky team last year. Um and I they I believe that and, and it was wasn't just said by me, but last year uh, under Brian Dable it was like he got every ounce. They, he got every ounce out of his team, and they got the ball bouncing the right way. That might be a struggle this year in year two, where you have that natural regression. Um, and even though it's their second year, there's things to improve. I think this is a game the Cardinals steal early, and I think it is the only win that they get before Kyler Murray gets back. So Jess and I have not discussed this, and. In- Ironically, I have them winning this game as well. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. No, we we literally did not discuss this schedule at all. Um, week three um, against the Dallas Cowboys. I, I expect that to be a, an L as well. Uh, what is it for you? Yeah, I basically said, like, it's early, so we're not expecting to see the Cowboys implode yet, right? So the Cowboys should be good to go. And, and take this one, and the Cardinals fall to one and two on the season. In week four, on the road in San Francisco, that's a no-way game. They probably take a big L there. <laughs> I'm guessing that's going to be a blowout. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you. The Niners don't have a quarterback, and yet they're, like, what, third in almost every single on almost every single uh, Super Bowl, like favorite uh, or or yeah, Super Bowl uh, bets. So they're they're a great 
team and and i think that's going to play out in in week three and we'll see a game similar to what we saw uh in mexico city unfortunately yeah and then week five when they're at home against the cincinnati Bengals, another no way game like a no way they win game in and i think they they take an l that one starting the season one and four which honestly if they win a game of that first five i think People will be surprised. I think it'll be surprised most outside of Arizona. I think it would be a surprise if they won any of those games. Yeah, the first five. And I have them at one and four uh, heading into week six as well. In week six, on the road against the Rams, Kyler Murray comes back and against a Rams team that, you know, Matthew Stafford being healthy is going to make a difference. But remember, Matthew Stafford was healthy on the Lions and they still were not very good. Um, I think there's a lot of. A lot of chatter out there that they are really intrigued with Caleb Williams. Are you buying that with with having Stafford and Aaron Donald still on your roster? Like that's that seems almost um, negligent to me to be like, oh, we're gonna tank with. You know, Stafford's a borderline Hall of Famer. I mean, there's and and then of course, obviously, Aaron Donald's a no doubt Hall of Famer. Like that just it just feels like that would be disingenuous. Yeah, it's you know, I mean, which is weird because they stripped down the team so much. Um, but it would be like unless they're saying, "Hey, uh, we're going to take our beating this year," and then like I don't know. I think they're intrigued. I, I'm sure every every team is intrigued by Caleb Williams, especially when you know. He's in their city, but I don't know. That just—it just feels weird at what the what the Rams are doing because they unloaded so many talented they, players. Yeah, yeah. But kept Stafford, and you know, it, it'll be interesting because he's healthy this off season, and him throwing around. Um, yeah, uh, but that said, I think Murray's presence comes back, and, and I think they pick up a win on the road in week six to improve to two and four. And I said, Murray or no Murray, I I just don't know what the Rams are doing. So they're in a tough spot. Like if they come out and they they play like they're capable of and, and you know get back to what they were, I just it just feels very odd what they're like you said, what they're doing right now. Like it just doesn't seem to make sense but you know we'll see how it plays out but i i've got this as a win murray or no murray uh because i just i just have really no idea what the what the rams are doing okay this is crazy that we're predicting the same thing so far through six weeks um at seahawks i have them taking a loss yeah i got a loss there again murray or no murray um this is a tough game on the road in Seattle, one of the hardest places to play still in the NFL. And Seattle, like they were good last year, or playoff team last year. So right, yeah. So I, I, I think you know, you're gonna see this be a loss, and unless the Cardinals are showing us something, uh, you know, before that. Um, week eight at home against the Ravens, I still have this as a loss, although I do feel this will be a fun game. Yeah, this is a tough one, and I said this is 
and I, obviously I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I said, this is when we should see Kyler Murray back, right? Like not no doubt, definitely going to happen type thing, but we should see Kyler Murray back. And, and that being said, hopefully he's back for two weeks and this game is more competitive um, but if this is the first, especially if this is the first game back, I am, uh, I, I'm going to chalk this one up as a loss. Yep. Two and five uh, or two and six, two, two and, and six, six now. Yep. As we head on the road to the Browns, I also have them taking a loss, putting them at, you know, one and four without Kyler and one and three with Kyler after the, after the first game win. And then people are going to start to get a little bit antsy because, yeah, things aren't going their way, this and that. But, you know, foreshadow, I think they finished the season okay. Yeah, and I've got them losing in Cleveland. But this is one of those things. This is one of the games that I go, I don't know. Right. Because, because let's be honest, Cleveland looked awful last year. They were I, so I, weird. They, you know, the, I really do like the addition of Zadaria Smith, the guy you and I have liked for years, uh, you know, hoping the Cardinals would. And, and, you know, they added him as a solid pass rush option opposite one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, Miles Garrett. Uh, you know, and I'm expecting them in year two with Deshaun uh, to take a step. All of that being said, what I saw last year, even with Deshaun back was not impressive. He looked like a guy that hadn't played in a year. Right. Um, right. And I, you know, that's not to say that he won't be back, but at the same time, you, you watch him last year and you're like, this is not a guy worth trading multiple first round picks for. Right. Um, so it'll be interesting, but yes, all that being said, I still have it as a loss, but this is one of those games that I go, you know, they could, this, could, this could be a sneaking, a sneaking game. Although, I think on the right. road for this team think, is still I think is still would, a stretch. Well, and I think you and I are both erring on the side of let's see where Murray is. Like this would be in your scenario, this would be game. You know, this would be game three back for him. And you know, outside of Los Angeles, it's not like any of those teams are bad. Right. That they're that they're playing. So, you know, it could be like you said, a couple weeks before they get into rhythm which you know i think this is about where they would hit that stride and and that's that's where my game predictions for the rest of the season start to look better at home against the falcons i have them winning and then on the road against the texans i have them also winning so they after losing three in a row they win two in a row to improve two four and seven so I am with you, and I also have them <laughs> winning week 12 against the Rams, so they lose three in a row and then uh, win three in a row. So they get to, on my schedule, they get to five and seven going to that week 13 game against Pittsburgh. And I have them losing against the Rams. Like, like both Rams games are winnable. I, I think it's, for me, it feels like a stretch to say they're going to they're gonna sweep them. And so... Um, I think and they that's lose that game, and so they are at they're at four and eight. But then I have them. This is the this is their upset game, where they go into Pittsburgh, um, and shock 
You know, the, Kyler Murray's been back for a solid couple, a solid couple of months, and they go into Pittsburgh and get the win going into the bye. Yeah, and I actually have them losing this game still. Um, I'm not impressed by Pittsburgh by any means, but at the same time, their I, defense is like if they've got TJ Watt playing, their defense is they've got TJ Watt and, and Minka Fitzpatrick, and that those that combination of those two makes for a very good defense. Right, exactly. And so I've got them, you know, taking another loss here. So at the at the uh, the five and eight, both of us have them at five and eight in the bye. And and by the way, if you get them at four and a half, you already you just hit the over, right? And so, and if you get them at five and a half, you've got four games on the back end. And yes, they're tough games, but you got four games to get one more win. Which mm-hmm. you know, at at the rate they're at, going one and three, wouldn't be you know, a bad thing. No, no. Coming out of the bye, they play the 49ers at home. Nope. Uh, they, that game isn't, that game's an L. Um, I think it's a competitive game, but I think that at this point, predicting them to, to beat the 49ers at all is, feels like a stretch. So um, five unless, and nine. Unless there's an injury issue with Bosa and they still haven't gotten the quarterback situation figured out, yeah. I'm kind of with you on that. Like, there's obviously caveats to every game, but you know, a fully healthy, which we're predicting for all teams, uh, Nick Bosa. And, and you know, you figure a Kyle Shanahan offense will have gotten the kinks worked out by that point. Right, right. Uh, so you've got them losing there. So we've got five and nine um, going into and, Chicago. I have and, them winning. Yeah, and this is uh this gets them to that sixth win. Um this is one of the games I was dreading. This game and obviously next the next game in this, you know, this little exercise or the two games I was dreading in seeing how this played out because I just didn't want we knew they were playing these teams on the road, right? Like there was this isn't a shock, but uh, playing in same, December is less than ideal. It's just it just straight up is, and this isn't an excuse. This isn't trying to make. This is just these are not this. It's just not an ideal scenario, and so it sucks. Same time is what it is. You got to play the games when they're on your schedule. And I think by this time we're going to see enough of, of an improvement on the defense and, and the offense is going to give us something that you, you say like, hey, you know, they're, now, they're, now they're sitting at six and nine. And yeah, you're not happy, but um, improving to six wins after last season right. would be, I mean, that would be a, a Herculean yes. effort after year one. Yeah, and and absolutely, especially if the way it's happening too, because they took a lot of losses early, and then we had after taken. Well, in in my case, I had, they've taken three straight losses, and they lost three out of the first four with Kyler. Then they win three out of the next four, and then they'd lose one. And sent out with the Bears, they have won four out of six games. I think, I, of course, we're predicting an L in Philly, but I actually have them closing, yeah. um, closing out the season at home against Seattle with a win. Uh, 
for whatever reason, maybe Seattle is already locked things up or is already uh, or is eliminated or whatnot. But I think that and that this will this season ending game at home will mean something. even the Cardinals aren't they're not going to be in the playoff mix. I think it'll mean something this year for them to go out and and to continue to play hard. One, that's the culture that's Jonathan Gandhi's building. Two, it's just the we're building we're building momentum for next year and I think they pick up win number 7 in in the finale. Yeah, and I've got them uh I've got them losing this game. So that's it's funny we didn't do this together and we still came up with a very similar kind of trajectory. Uh, for the season, but and, and I get where all of that's coming from for you. Um, and this is a home game, but I think this is going to be a desperate Seattle team. Um, and I want to see the Cardinals show me that they have that medal before I kind of make sense give them that. So I won't be surprised if they're able to to do something um but i want to see it first before i really you know say oh yeah this is a team that can show up in week 18 and and win a game so you know it's interesting that we both have them in that six seven range um obviously this the caveat being kyler Yes, um, and that, that's getting, the expectation that he's back by week in my by week six, right? And I say, you know, as long as he's back by week eight, I think that's something that you can see. Obviously, starting off, you know, two and and let's say he doesn't come back to week eight for me, two and five is is tough. Um, if he's back in week six. And you're at two and and you win the game and you're at two and four, you all of a sudden you feel a little more you feel like you can do a little more, right? Like you feel a little better about things. That being said, this is still a really tough schedule. We talked about that last week on the show. It's a tough schedule. There's a lot of tough things to overcome. And and you know, I just want to see growth. And and that doesn't necessarily mean something as simple as like oh you know they won they won five games this year instead of three right like that's not what i want to see is a team that is engaged in playing hard at the end of the season and and if they're doing that and they end up being a four-win team and jess and i are wrong um even with kyler back for you know eight games nine games ten games whatever I will be okay with that. If they're competitive and they're losing competitive games and they're close and they're, you know, in position to win games, I will be 100% okay with that. I'm I'm not going to lie. But if they're, you know, four and where do we have them at four wins at? Yeah. After the Texans game, if they're four and seven ish, and then they close out the season again under a new regime, um, in the same kind of lackadaisical way, that's when all of a sudden you start to go, okay, is this, is this team set up to be successful? Um, and that's what, that's what we're talking about. You know, growth wise, they can be a four and four and 13 team and have shown that they're, 
better. You know, if they're if they're in games against against the Steelers and the 49ers and the Eagles and the Seahawks. Like if they're in tight games against those teams and losing, it's like, okay, you know, the new group just has to learn to win together. But if they're sleepwalking through things again, that's when you're, that's when you raise a red flag. And I think both of us have bought in enough with Gannon that we're confident that that won't be an issue. Right. Um, I, I believe that this will be a team that might struggle offensively early, but will be a fairly relatively because they have talent on offense they still have talent on offense and if they stay healthy they could be they could be a decent an above average offensive team and i think ultimately what this defensive unit will be even though it is lacking in high end talent i believe it will be a very tough oh, per- disciplined defense that will be It'll just be scrap. It'll be a, it'll be a defense that'll be hard to play against because they're going to play by the second half of the season. I think they're going to play very well as a unit, even if they're not dominating. I think it, the type of roster that they're building right now is a tough, gritty, competitive team that that won't translate into playoff competitiveness. But I think it will lead to them being better than bad. Correct. I, I think that's a great way to put it. And, and what we are personally looking forward to for this season, mostly. Right. And the fact that, the, you know, they're going to have DeAndre Hopkins, presumably. And so the fact that their receiving group is Hopkins, Hollywood, and Rondell Brown, Zach Pascal, Zach Ertz, Trey, Trey McBride, they do have a very, like, that's a good offensive unit. If you can get decent quarterback play, you should get production. And once you get Murray back playing at the level that we hope he can be, that can be a very good offensive unit. Correct. And that's what the hope is with this whole thing. And with that, we will write, we will wrap up this edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on the episode, episode 425. We'll give Seth, at least Seth, uh, the next week off. Um, maybe a solo pod in there next week, but with graduations and stuff going on, we will, and, and unless there's some major, major news, uh, we'll probably be off for next week, even if I don't, if, if I maybe record something. So that's Seth Cox. I'm Jess Ruth. This is Rise Up Sierra Podcast. We'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red Podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise up Red Sea, be Red Sea Red, and of course, rise up Sea Red. Sea Red.